Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 15, Episode 7, titled The Daytona Win 2. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by two spectacular co-hosts. First, from the podcast, Bravo, Bravo, effing Bravo, please say... I am avoiding looking at her because I am not really in the mood to talk to you. <laughs> to Nathan Patrick Brown. Hello, Nathan Patrick Brown. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm good. What did you say the first time we did this? I said any hole is a hole, but I really wanted to say what Jay's going to say, but I thought I'd better oh, not. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I might snap. Yeah, we had a little bit of a snafu here. And then I said, and then I said, uh, rigor Morris, I'm not really connecting with that. And then Jay said, I didn't get my intro line, but. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm and a first professional. From the, and, then, and from the, from the afterthought media juggernaut, the T. Please say... Cue the sniper. To Jay Ellis. Hello, Jay. Maxine! <laughs> See, what's funny is, I didn't even really remember that line from the first time. The first time Jay did it, or the first time it was on the show? <laughs> Both times. I didn't remember he did it. I, honestly, I didn't. I'm like, what did he say the first time? But what? that's the only thing you remember? I, it, well, yeah, I only remember Lady Camden yelling Maxine, like busting through the door. And I do remember them adding farts to all, like them being so cagey during the, like Rue was directing and being like, let it breathe. Just like live in the moment. And we're like, what is going on here? And then the edit being the reveal was, I remember that. I remember that part. I was thinking... This, I, I can already see, this is one of those shows that I won't know what the fuck they're talking about in two years when they go, remember on the one that Daytona win too? I'm like, mm. I have no memory of that episode. <clears throat> so it's mm-hmm. weird to record an episode that I know I'm, I'm going to almost immediately forget. As soon as we're done today, I'm going to actively try and repress it, so... Wait, Jay, you wanted to say something. What was it? I said, oddly, this has been one of my uh, better episodes this season. I liked it. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, I have a full page of notes. Okay, we're going to come back to this. But by the way, Taylor the Latte Boy very kindly recorded a Patreon ad for us. And so we're going to play that now, promoting our Patreon. Hey there, RuPaul's Drag Race fans. This is Taylor the Latte Boy, your favorite host of the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Podcast. If you're a diehard fan like me, then you'll definitely want to join our Patreon community. As a member, you'll get early access to our episodes so you can be the first to hear all the latest drag race news and gossip. Our Patreon episodes are also longer, so you'll get even more in-depth analysis and discussion. But wait, there's more. As a Patreon subscriber, you'll also gain access to our Discord community, where you can chat with other fans about Drag Race and many other topics, share your thoughts and opinions, and gain access to the Porn Decor Lounge. Plus, you'll have the opportunity to join us for live shows and bonus content that you won't find anywhere else. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for our Patreon membership today at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia and take your RuPaul's Drag Race obsession to the next level. See you in the Discord. Let me tell you this. This AI voice cloning thing that I found is so amazing. I got Taylor to do that. Not once did he complain that his <laughs> life was ruined, that he and Babalu almost got divorced because he recorded a 30-second ad, yeah. that this is the hardest thing that's ever happened to him his entire life. It just, I typed it in, and there you go. Jay, this 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 technology frightens you, right? Oh, I'm I'm horrified, and I can't believe that you've tricked some of the Afterthought hosts into giving their voices to you like you're Ursula. Like, I, <laughs> I will never in my life approve of this because no, I'm afraid I of it. People, I'm afraid. The, the Discord people were like, just have Jay do it. I'm all like, Jay, I'm telling you right now, I know this queen like nobody else. I'll ask him. And I did. You right? did. Yeah, but I'm did. telling you right now, it's a hard no. I know this queen. And Nathan, can we use your voice? Go for it. It's not going to have an accent. It'd be Nathan's American voice. Oh. He would sound like as an American. It can't handle accents. Is that like where it draws the line? Right now, they only do American accents. Right now, mm. it's all they do is American accents. Anyway, I heard a rumor that Christian recorded one for YouTube for us for later. But uh, we'll do that at the break. Okay. Special thanks to Deckhead, who's helping us out live, but you guys won't be able to hear him. This week, the Queens reboot the smash hit Daytona wins. On the main stage, the category is Puffa Please. Mistress Isabel Brooks is named the winner of the challenge, while Aura Mayari and Jax are placed in the bottom two. After a lip-sync battle for their lives, Jax was told, Shantae, you stay, while Aura Mayari was asked to sashay away. Ladies, 
Name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Let's start with our very special guest co-host, Mr. J. Elizabeth Ellis. Go ahead, Jay. So one of the things I loved about this episode is Spice's entire back and forth with Rue and Michelle. And then <laughs> <laughs> it's actually very funny that you used the cue, the sniper line for me, because I thought that she may not have C-U-T, but she do have nerve to go do that trot away down that runway. My favorite thing Spice has done this whole competition is doing that uh, away from the runway. And I loved the prompt for the runway. I love jackets, puffer specifically. I love them. And I thought it was a really creative uh, brief for the girls. You know, that's such a weird thing because someone said something while they were doing this or whatever that like, you know, like, a big girl, I think it was Malaysia, it was like a big girl can't really wear a puffer. Because I'm imagining that was if mistress. I wore a puffer, it's only skinny people can. I don't know if I wore a puffer. Well, first, I think I'm already wearing a puffer. It's just called my skin and body. But I feel I would just be like, <laughs> like, that's a very, it, go to YouTube to see what I just did there. But that's why I feel like, I feel like I would just be like so big. Well, what was so funny with that was mistress said, yeah, like, a puffer coat on a big girl would be a disaster. And then like two people later, Selena walks out with the puffer coat on just like that. <laughs> and it was a disaster. Yeah, it was a disaster. Do you uh, want to know my one thing I didn't like? Oh, you're still here. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. I'm going to be quiet like deck over here. Yeah. Um, I did not like, and this is across the board of all drag race seasons. I feel like they do not know how to allocate lines to make it an even playing field for acting challenges. There's always two to three contestants who get a bulk majority of what the script is going to be. And then Mm -hmm. a few people who are bit players and they're basically featured background. So that's just a common complaint I have for almost all acting challenges. All right. Very good. Uh, Nathan, what about you? I'm going to start with the thing I didn't like, and that was the challenge. I hated it. I thought it was deplorable. I hated it when they did it last time. I hated it even more this time. I didn't laugh once. It was dreadful. So one of the things I liked was that it was only a 60-minute episode, not a 90-minute episode, so we saw less of it than we could have. And the other thing I liked was that mistress convinced Aura to swap because can you imagine if Aura was the lead, how bad it would have been? So again, that was a saving grace. Yeah. That's it. Anyway, uh, for me, the two things I liked that I didn't like. I was just going to ask. I have never wanted to have sex with a human being the way I wanted to have sex with Jax in that lip sync. Mm. Oh, really? Jax Jax was so fucking sexy in that lip sync. Oh, my goodness. I didn't put that exact note, but I did say this made me want to see Jax when she comes to a bar near me. I want to see her perform. She doesn't leave Connecticut. So I don't know why that, how uh-huh. that could ever happen. All right. Um, okay. In terms of the Daytona win, I just wrote, look, <laughs> they tried. Right? Uh, I you just wrote, look. <laughs> I mean, look, we're always bitching that they're doing something different. And here they do something different. We're like, this is horrible. No, it's not different. It's a recycle of a previous challenge. Like, of all the challenges to recycle, the Daytona win. Well, no, but what I was talking about was, and this is my, so the, the thing I didn't like was the Daytona win too. And Jay could weigh in. I think it was very bizarre to do a send up of uh, Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Great job. Because that's such an, I wouldn't not an obscure show, but it's, relatively obscure and on a i didn't know what they were doing at first because i wasn't prepped for it they didn't warn us on a second viewing i was like oh i see what they're going for but it seemed like a, a college student doing what he thinks a version of tim and eric awesome show great job is jay do you want to weigh in here on this i am actually i'm kind of taking daytona win now as a franchise that does not prep the girls for what's actually going to be in the edit like that is Daytona win, like, lore to me now. I love, there was a show called, like, The Heart She Holler and Three Busy Debras, which is this kind of anti-comedy comedy where it's just long cuts, weird things happening. And I actually, I, I, I respond to that kind of humor a little bit more than, like, a one-two, like, set-up punchline. So I thought that it was really fun to not tell the girls that they're going to be lingering or using Malaysia Baby Doll Fox turning around saying, what? Three times the exact same clip. That's very funny to me. I don't know. It's it, not funny, like, laugh out loud, but I was, like, appreciating it more than a s- standard, like, breast world. 
And Nathan's going to come to L.A. and come slit my throat now. <laughs> it's really weird because it was it was such a weird hodgepodge of trying to be different things. I mean, I, get, I think we're, we're spilling this, so we'll come back to this. And I know we will because we have someone here. We'll make sure I come back to this. Okay. But anyway, uh, all right, well, let's move on. Let's actually move on to the episode here. After Robin's elimination, Mistress argues her entire group should have been in the top, and the girls rehash last week's girl group drama. Let's start with you, Nathan Patrick Brown, NPB from Atlanta, Georgia. What did you think of uh, this whole cold open? I felt really bad for Malaysia because she just needed to go to bed. She needed to have a rest, reset her wig. <laughs> you know, that's a, good, that's a good point. She was over it. And I, I sort of get why she's over it because Mistress's argument was don't speak about me when I'm not in the room. But it's like, bitch, it's, it's called Untucked. Like, that's that's the job. Like, too bad you're on stage getting critiques. We're still going to talk about it. Yeah, that was sort of weird. What about you, Jay? What do you think? Yeah, I wrote in my notes that there was a lot of I'm sorry if, but like, it's always that uh, it's always a those apologies that are on reality TV shows where they, they're not actually they're being really stubborn about their apologies. Like, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings, but it's how I felt. And you're like, well, that's not really an apology. So it's it was a lot of those. Um and I think that it was unfair of... I, I love Mistress. I think she's giving us a great season. One of my front runners. she's giving us old school drag race again, like having a fight in the cold open. I love it. Uh, <laughs> but it wasn't fair for her to say, if you if you don't want to... Or say it to my face. And if you don't want to talk, tell me. Like, she's kind of directing how she wants the argument to go. And at that point, I do I agree with Nathan. I think Malaysia was just like, I am ready to be out of drag and back in the hotel room. Like, I, I've had it with this day. I, I didn't even think about what Nathan said. That was true. She was probably just fucking exhausted and her feet hurt. And she was like, I just want to go to bed. And I'm just so done with this. Because I forget, you forget that that's actually the same day as the last episode. Yeah. The well, cold open is the end of the last episode. Yeah, Jay. And, and they go, I mean, they have to stop pretending like the viewership doesn't know this. But they walk into the workroom and Marsha's like, we're all really concerned because last week we had this big <laughs> fight. I'm all, Curl was like... 10 hours ago like let's just call a spade a spade in real time Marsha was staying silent she was like I've learned my lesson (laughs) I'm staying put yeah well she I yeah yeah, I am just gonna be very very quiet she was like that white girl remember when that she called the cops because the black guy was bird watching oh yes Mm. and then (laughs) she she became her all of a sudden (laughs) uh you know honestly I forgot about what Nathan was saying but I did make the point is Malaysia's behavior is because I actually for the most part, agree with Malaysia that these girls, yeah, they were joking, but then they shouldn't be mad when someone takes a joke the wrong way, right? Because they were leaning into that joke. Yeah. But by this point, the way Malaysia is behaving, I'm starting to side with the other people, even though I know they're wrong or I feel that they're wrong. Like she's being a little extra. But now that you gave me this whole she's tired thing, because I'm going to tell you right now, and I've told people who visit me in LA this, there's no one more fucking miserable than a tired, sleepy, or hungry Joe Batant, right? <laughs> and I turned into a fucking raging bitch. <laughs> and so now that you added that, uh, Nathan, I... Now that you added that, Nathan, I... Um, uh, sorry, I have to catch my thoughts here. Uh, are we all just gagged that Dex just starting to do some knitting? Like, he's getting his Tom Daly <laughs> yes. on while we're, I was we're looking doing up the recap. Did I just see two like knitting needles like in a again of Wendy like, Williams? What was that? <laughs> okay, James. James. <laughs> Wait, now what was I saying right now? Deck, continue. Don't stop. But what was I saying? You have to gather your thoughts. But you were saying that because Nathan said that she was tired. It. Oh yeah, yeah. Now I can totally relate to Malaysia. I'm going back to my original opinion. This bitch was fucking tired. Leave her alone. I do want to say, and this is going in all kinds of everything, everywhere, all at once. This episode, remember, what's, what we're seeing right now happened last episode. But I do think it's ironic, coupled with Untucked, that Lucy is the one who says, like, oh, was anybody surprised that they were, like, safe and not on the top? Because on Untucked this week, oh. Lucy, Jan, Alexis, <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> was. Did you watch Untucked, Nathan? It was so annoying, Joe. It was so annoying. If you guys watch Untuck, didn't watch Untuck, it's not worth going back to watch. But I'm just going to tell you right now, Lucy would not shut the fuck up 
about how annoyed she was that she was safe and that she she thought she should have won and wouldn't stop talking about it and even asking every girl that came in like to bringing it up and you're just like calm down did no, did your parents not tell you they loved you when you were little <laughs> what is going on it was really really bad but so i thought it was well, on a second viewing particularly rich that she was the one who was like hi everyone uh, and so was anybody uh, disappointed i'm like oh this bitch was disappointed <laughs> That she wasn't. All right, let's move on. The next day, there's palpable tension among the queens before Rue enters the workroom to announce the maxi challenge. This week, the queens star in the reboot of the Daytona win. As last week's maxi challenge winner, Aura has the power to assign the roles. In the workroom, all the girls want the lead role of Fancy, but Aura claims it for herself. Later, Aura struggles to nail Fancy, so Mistress finagles her way to landing the role she always wanted the entire time. Jay, let's start with you. Your thoughts and everything that happened from the announcement to the workroom. Uh, yeah, so I think that the the role allocation is always something that they show on the show. And I think that it's interesting to have somebody always dole out instead of them having to audition or, you know, whatever they have to do to get the parts. Uh, watching Aura not get the references, like as simple as Rigor Morris and Party, or you know, not Party, that was Jax, but... It's just shocking because this show stands on its own shoulders when it comes to... Like, it is every season, a quote is beaten to death on the show itself. So it's just like, we we as a casual viewer know some of these things. My boyfriend, who has only seen a few seasons, knows rigor morris. Like, it's just a... Yeah. I think it's part of the show, part of the package at this point. So it was shocking to have somebody want to be the lead of the challenge... And I'm glad it was put in somebody else's hands, ultimately. Yeah. Nathan, what about you? What was Aura thinking, thinking that she could do fantasy slash fancy? Like, I'm sorry. Talk about deluded. (laughs) And thank, yeah, thank God for Mistress. I love that Mistress played that being like, you could really do Widow well. And it's like, well, no, Aura couldn't have done anything well. I just don't think she has that skill. And so so I'm glad Mistress stepped Mm -hmm. up, but please. Yeah. I think Nathan literally just said almost every note that I said, because I was, I have here, ultimately any role Aura would have chosen, she would have sucked. So it's actually kind of good that she stepped away from fantasy. And, uh, (laughs) but here's the one thing I'll say, because they were like, oh, bravo, Mistress Isabel Brooks for, I don't think, I really don't think Mistress initially said it with that. I think she was probably thinking about the team. But when Aura offered it to her, she was like, oh. Well, no, Mistress did say, like, you would do really well with a widow role, which was her role. So it's like, okay, she wasn't offering up. Like, you'd be really good as the reverend because then it's not going to her. So I think Mistress is a genius. Okay. I I don't know if it was as calculated because I think she even said, let's just read through it and let's see how you respond to it. And we didn't get to see that aftermath, but I'm assuming that Aura was probably like, it's less lines. I might have like the Darien or the, uh, like, uh, who else had one line and like knocked Asia in that one acting challenge? Like sometimes the bit parts are the ones to have. And maybe Aura was like, maybe if I could just like be funny, they'll reward me for it. Well, she failed on the being funny bit. So agree. I agree. Okay, I feel we really need to talk about this. How are you, especially her age, a queen who doesn't get... These were not... There may be a couple of obscure references, but these are some of the most iconic references overused. In fact, you might even say that the references were a hack by this point. Like, I was telling a friend today that if I never hear, I can't wait to see how this turns out again, <laughs> it'll be too soon. <laughs> like, they've they've beaten that fucking quote to death. I'm done with that quote officially. I'm even done with officially. <laughs> yeah. So. Read a book. All I have to say is, Aura, do you even watch the show? Okay. <laughs> Nathan, what do you think about her not knowing this? I think she didn't know rigor mortis and also rigor mortis. I don't think she knew either definition, which was really the struggle because- yeah, I don't think she got either either level of meaning. But well, for someone for English as a second second language, okay, I get that part. You're forgiven. But the rigor mortis, you don't need to know what rigor mortis is to know what rigor mortis is. Jay, weigh in here. Shoot in here. I agree. I, I I've already said it. The show references itself so much that I don't know how you don't understand the references itself. It's bizarre. 
Yeah, it was very, very strange. That said, though, I was talking to a friend and I was saying, are there really many quotes after season 10? Like there are a couple, not including all stars. The one I could think of is, am I the drama? Yeah. Then there's, I guess, uh, something little girl. What did Tanisha, Tanisha say? Little girl. She also said, I said what I said. Which comes up again this episode. Which is also Nini Leakes. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, are there other quotes that you can think of, Nathan Jay, from since season like 11 on? I have one. Maxine! <laughs> 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 the one I'm thinking of is Silky and Untucked, where she goes, and if oh, I had to do so, yes. I was ready. Like, that's yeah. really the only other one I can think of. threw the thing down. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's a good one. All right. If you guys have any other ones... Go over to, uh, I don't know, where would they, where'd people sign up for the entire Patreon, <laughs> sign on to Discord, and then put it in the notes. <laughs> Let us know your favorite RuPaul's Drag Race quote. Yeah, put them in the comments on the YouTube video. There you go. On the comments on the YouTube video, put your favorite Drag Race quotes, season 11 on. Season 11 on. All right, for the Maxi Challenge recording, Rue is on set to direct the Daytona Wins reboot. Mistress and Malaysia score big laughs from Rue, while Aura stumbles on any hole is a goal. Nathan, any thoughts on this recording, on the Maxi Challenge recording? Yeah, I have a few thoughts. I thought it was hilarious how Malaysia was like, oh, we're doing such a good job. If Rue only knew the tensions between Mistress and I, he would be so impressed with our acting ability. It's like, bitch, Rue knows. Yeah, what makes you think RuPaul doesn't know? <laughs> RuPaul got a report that day. I know. She really thought she got one over him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so true. Like as if Ru wasn't like, and, and honestly, producers are probably like, "Aura, you need to switch with um is with Mistress so that they have to work together the whole time." Yes. <laughs> yeah, we want them to be together. Um, I don't want to discount Rue's abilities but her giving acting notes and stuff is is tough for me to watch because i have never better than michelle though yeah uh, yeah i agree i mean there when rue's giving you a line reading though i do say take that advice and give it to her exactly as rue is going to do it because she's ultimately the judge who's going to help you on this show so she gave a couple people line reads and then just do it like that like i don't know what to say the one that comes to mind is Spice, like with the A-N-T. They could get people. Remember when they got the play director? She was really good. Remember they got the woman who did mm. plays or something? Yeah. She was really good. Yeah. Yeah. The, the TV icon RuPaul directing it, which, you know, RuPaul's only directing it because Danny Trejo's going to be on set. And so almost as a, I wouldn't say a thank you to Danny Trejo. They're not going to insult Danny Trejo by having, you know, Carson Kressley direct <laughs> this Daytona win thing. I wish Harvey Guillen was used there. Yes. That would have made sense. They should have used Harvey Guillen. You're right. I mean, he's like four seasons into what what we do in the shadows. Like, the guy knows something about acting. You know? Nathan? Well, I think Rue, when he's like delivering the line saying, Aura, say it like this. He did it much better. Like, he was, he's quite good at delivering a line to his sensibilities. So, I don't know. I thought, yeah, like what you said, Jay, listen to what he's saying. He's the judge. Um, I don't know why Jax went method for the stoner character. Like, baby, you're not Kate Blanchett. You don't have to go so in deep into the character. It's strange because they give, obviously, like the breakdown of what the character is supposed to be. And then when you th- when I think stoner, I think of the stereotypical, like, it takes a full minute, man, <laughs> to get a whole sentence out. Like, and then Jax wasn't even doing that. So it was just a really bizarre take on a stoner character. And then, like... But if you wanted an Adore Valley Girl, if you're going to write that in the script, then you say, this character is a Valley Girl, a la Adore Delano. And then you have that, like, party. Like, that's the reference or whatever. I don't know. It's bizarre. The other thing, too, is Rue's... Maybe Rue knew that, but Rue's direction was opposite of the character breakdown. Yes. They said stoner, and she was like, you need to be like, mm who this girl? And, like, and like leaning in. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, that's not a stoner. And to be fair... Jax did that. If you rewatch the episode, Jax made that adjustment. I just don't know if they used that cut. I'm I'm really curious as to which, how long the actual skit is versus what is shown to us. Felt like 50 minutes. 
<laughs> Maybe. Oh, wow. Um, I will say, Joe, did, I don't know if you noticed this, but when um, Denny Trejo was screaming off camera, I was like, is that Joe doing his Selena impression? <laughs> like, I really thought it sounded like you. Hey, I thought that was my deal! <laughs> and I was like, oh, Selena's here again today. Hello, <laughs> Selena. Yeah, problem is he's Mexican. I'm Honduran. That's why I don't put the things in my pussy. You're like, what? Hot Cheetos in your pussy? That was... By the way, when she in Untucked, she ate the hot Cheetos. I wanted to vomit. Jay, if you had hot Cheetos in your chonies, (laughs) would Uh you later then pull them out? (laughs) Would you then later pull them out and eat them? I mean, they were in a plastic baggie, right? It's like no different than putting them in your pocket. Well, I just wouldn't eat Cheetos out of my pocket. You're saying Cheetos with no packaging in my pocket? Not eating them. It, but the thing was separate. It had a zipper and it was like a plastic lining. No, but I'm even saying it in my regular pack pocket. I'm not pulling food. Who am I, Lori? I'm not pulling food just out of my pocket and eating it. Lori would be keeping them in her under tit. <laughs> yeah, Lori. It, oh yeah, it would be. Lori would be lifting her tit, taking out an uncrustable, and eating the uncrustable. <laughs> when in frozen, came out thawed. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when she told us that she ate like eight Uncrustables a day? She would get through a box of Uncrustables a day. I, I can't unforget it. I wish I could. <laughs> Un- Uncrustable, unforgettable. I've never even had Have you ever had an Uncrustable, Jay? Yeah, yeah, I actually do love them. I've never even had one. Are they good? They are really good. I don't know if I could eat a whole box in one sitting, but... What are they? It's... It, it's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that you can throw into the freezer so that when you pull them out 30 minutes later, they're ready. To, it's meant for like kids' school lunches here. Oh, like okay. to, if you're short on time, you just have a peanut butter and jelly. And you give the kid one? You give the kid one, <laughs> ideally. Yeah. All right. Uh, Nathan, have you said everything you want to say about this uh, in-studio recording? Well, just on um, what Jay, you said earlier about Spice showing a bit of nerve with Michelle and Rue later on, I thought she showed a lot of nerve to do her Miley character again, considering it put her in the bottom for Snatch Game. So her spunk is sort of growing on me. Her commitment to being awful is just great. Jay? Uh, I don't know if I said it already, but I think that when Rue gave her the line, like as if she's hard of hearing to do A-N-T, and then she immediately goes, A-N-T. <laughs> Like she had, she did not take the note. So, uh, but we didn't see everybody in rehearsal. Like I feel like Lux and Selena and Sasha were pretty invisible up until that. I mean, even in the challenge, honestly, I, yeah. it, it was definitely a showcase for some of the queens, not the others. Ah, well. All right. Uh, why don't we call it a day? That we're gonna take a not call it a day. But we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the rest of the episode. We'll be back right before that. Here's Krishna Ochoa for YouTube. Hello, Drag Race fans. It's me, Christian Ochoa, your favorite Afterthought host. If you love our RuPaul's Drag Race Recap podcast, you'll want to check out our YouTube channel, where you'll get all the latest live recordings of our show, as well as access to past live recordings. It's the perfect place to relive all the drama, comedy, and fabulousness of Drag Race and get the inside scoop from your favorite hosts. And the best way to make sure you never miss a live recording? Simply subscribe to our channel at youtube.com slash drag race recap and you'll be notified every time we go live so join the party and let's recap drag race together coming up get one but like a... oh. oh no but my microphone that's that's gonna steam <laughs> joe oh no Back, back, back again. A couple of things before we get back into the show. There's not much left of the show. Is uh, I forgot to mention this last week. I got an email from somebody. I was going to have the AI read it, but the the person who wrote the email told me a lot of things that uh, this person didn't want on the air. So it was hard to like make a, cohe- a coherent statement uh, into the AI. But what I'll say is the person, the original reason the person called me or wrote to me, was to, to correct me on Jax. One, to correct me that people, there are definitely people from Connecticut who, even though it's only a 90-minute train ride, don't ever make it to New York City. 
And this person also knows Jax and was telling me that uh, everything Jax was saying about the troubles and people being mean to him or her in Connecticut uh, as a person of color were very true. He's heard Jax. He's had private conversations with Jax about it. Uh, was it Jax? He's heard Jax talk about it in shows. It was actually Jax. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, I stand corrected. Jax uh, has never been to New York, and uh, people were mean to him, and so I take that. Uh, the Also, the other thing I wanted to talk about was this. Did you see, did you guys see, Jay, Nathan, did you see that after like May 10th or something, not March 10th or something, RuPaul's Drag Race is going back to 90-minute yeah. episodes, and the Drag Race fandom, especially the Redditors, are like, we did it! I'm like, what did you really do? Uh-huh. Like, they didn't cancel Real Friends of WeHo. They're yeah. just letting it play out. And if anything, they're saving money because instead of having to recut and reprogram everything, they're like, oh, we already had these cut to 90 minutes. Now we're just not going to cut them. The end. Just so, in time for when the show doesn't need to be 90 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know that a lot of people on Reddit are, or not even Reddit, just the internet. What people don't understand is that these feel so quick because we started with 16 contestants. That is just not enough time to fit into a, you know, an hour show or a 40, whatever, five minute show. But Mm -hmm. you're going to want this. Like I'd say this episode on, we're going to enjoy that. The brevity of a show that is 40 minutes. The only one I could see them. I would love a 90 minute of is a ball when they have three different Mm -hmm. looks. Cause you are going to want to be able to, for the people who enjoy the looks, you're going to want to see those everything else. I didn't feel like I missed a single thing this episode. Everything they always say is like, yeah, but the looks are so short. I'm like, that's not 15 minutes. Like, we're going to talk about this in Elimination Day. It's even in my notes. In fact, you know what? Let's do that. We'll bring this back up in the Elimination Day uh, conversation. Uh, it's Elimination Day, and the queens put the finishing touches on their look. Malaysia and Mistress Makeup as they apply their makeup. Jay, let's go to you. Let's continue this conversation. Like, the entire Elimination Day was this making up. Yeah. Which, even when you can tell their body language during the recording of Daytona Win 2, you could tell they pretty much made up. But yeah, uh, go ahead. What were you saying? Um, I just have it in my notes that uh, MIB mistress says that um, it really wasn't that serious. And I think that she's kind of talking out of both sides of her mouth. Like, well, it wasn't that serious. But if she had not gotten her way, it would have been more serious or something. Like, I don't know. I think I could see it going either way. But I'm happy to see the two of them, you know, back at it. I, I don't think it was ever that I'm sure that there was some feelings that were hurt, but um, I think Mistress could have gone, like, leaned into the joke if Malaysia was on board. But she doesn't want to be labeled a bully, so she's like, it wasn't that serious, girl. So I could see it going both ways. Nathan, what do you think? I said before, I think Mistress is so smart because what she's doing is she's giving the editors story. Like, I don't think she was the best in the challenge, but she's won because she made the whole episode about her. And I just think Mm -hmm. situating herself with Malaysia for this conversation, like she's producing herself in a way that the other girls aren't. So I think she's doing a great job as Mm -hmm. a TV star. Yeah. In my notes, I wrote, okay, so they made up. This is what adult, normal adults do is they say things, Nathan, and maybe Mm -hmm. they say things in the heat of the moment that they regret. And then later they come together as adults, Nathan, and they make up. Um, and we saw it. I guess it was just a continuation of what we saw before. But I was like, this is... I'm Like, guys, if there is something good, they're going to show it to you. Here we are in a 60-minute episode, and this is what the best they could show you for the Elimination Day. I'm promising you that you are not missing any huge, gigantic storylines. Yes, you're getting shorter runways, which they could have easily put longer run. They could put longer runways on YouTube. Like, hey, go to our YouTube channel for longer runways. I don't know why they don't do that. Maybe they do. Or social media to draw people to follow. Yeah. You want to see longer one? Follow us on Instagram. You'll see the longer runway. I don't know why they don't do that, but they could do that. But uh, everyone's like, the runways are going to be only an extra one or two minutes long. I have a a note. Heaven forbid they cut the doon. Oh, that's my favorite bit. Like a thing that takes a solid four minutes of like RuPaul walking, like the the fanfare about RuPaul walking down with a dress. (laughs) You just gave me an idea. You gave me an idea. We need to cut together uh, like an actual four minute like. (laughs) 
It was like, why is there no time for anything? <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, Michelle Visage, are the, what's your favorite TV catchphrase? And Michelle went like this, the Star Trek thing. But yeah, I don't I think it was about Mork and Mindy or something. Yeah. Is, did I do that on Mork and Mindy? I, no, that, I thought that was Star Trek, but maybe it was a Mork and Would have been a great. She, she, see, this is why Michelle isn't funny. She should have been like, um, okay, she should have done this is where Carson's not funny. She went like this. Carson should have been like this. You know, sit yeah. on it, RuPaul. What's that <laughs> reference, sit on it? I don't know. I Carson, I feel like, is always like, how can I make anything sexual? I Carson, it really is. It's like, what's your favorite catchphrase? Yeah, I, I don't know, Ru, but if I could, but if I could shove it up my ass, I'm happy. <laughs> it's like, Carson, that had nothing to do with anything. <laughs> it's like, Carson, what's your favorite color? Well, I, I like when green things are shoved up my asshole. You're like, Carson... <laughs> Yeah. What's your favorite color, Carson? What's the name of that color when your cum drips out of the condom the next day? And you're like, oh. Don't. Who uses a condom, Is Carson? It's like a weird off yellow? Yeah. Off yellow. <laughs> anyway. What's your favorite sport? Anything where I'm piled on by a bunch of men, RuPaul. <laughs> no, What's your it's... position on NAFTA? I don't know, but I want a, I know I want a Canadian above me and a Mexican under me. And you're like, okay. Nathan, go ahead. Uh, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. Moving on. <laughs> Gonna do that. Uh, all right. Ladies, have you guys said everything you want to say about the, the, the elimination day? Yes. Yes. Next, we have the Daytona win, too. Um, now we actually see the final product. Nathan, uh, what were your thoughts on this, on uh, the whole, anything about the Daytona win, too? Um, well, I thought the funniest character was the ant that said that they felt very attacked. So I thought the ant really <laughs> stole the show. Um, I, yeah. I hated A-N-T. it. And um, I, th- I thought it felt like a Lee Dawson recap, but without the discourse about him having a hot body and ugly face, which is the best part of a Lee Dawson recap. And I just think put the editor and the writer in the bottom two and make them lip sync because it was dreadful. Jay? Uh, I just want to add, because I, I guess both of you, do you guys have references for like the Tim and Eric? Like, is that something that you've seen Nathan before? Nope. Okay. And I never will. <clears throat> I've, I've seen it. Yeah. No, okay. actually, Tim and Eric isn't bad. That's the funny thing. That's the, the, the thing is what they were trying to do inherently mm. isn't bad. Yeah. I can wait to see how this turns out. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, he just pulled out his opera goggles. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to oversell that I like love this. I don't think I'll go back to rewatch it in any time. But I think for an acting challenge, because the bar is so low on Drag Race... I had fun seeing them do something different. I thought that the crazed look that Sasha Colby had while stomping on the ants was haunting, but very fun. Um, I'm going to say something kind of controversial. What, Nathan looks like uh, Lucy LaDuca? <laughs> yeah, you guys, I can't give you a bigger plug for the Patreon right now. If You, you missed about a 10-minute chunk of just people reading people in this room. <laughs> And it's entertaining. And one of them you don't even know exists. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I kind of feel like mm-hmm. Selena, Miss Titties, S Titties, yes. should have been in the bottom for this. I She did a very bizarre read of her one line that she had in the, the challenge. <laughs> Speaking of bottom, that's coming from you. Uh, okay. I didn't, that doesn't even make sense, Selena, but okay. Selena, I'm just coming as an actor trying to talk about your performance. I'm sorry. Um, well, she- then act like a top. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We can only have so many people on the air, Selena. Yeah. Go get a different mic, Selena. Yeah. Um, she did like kind of a Rue McClanahan takeoff and it just watch it again if you can. And she takes like a breath and a beat where it doesn't need to be. It's very weird. Um, I don't know. The scenes I thought were fine. They they didn't tell a story. They talked about how a eulogy was coming up. We never got there. It just felt very disjointed. But I had fun because it felt, again, like the references I talked about, the heart she holler and three busy Debras. I don't know. I, I, I think it was entertaining, at least. With Selena, she says in Untucked, she was intentionally like pausing and doing faces because she thought there would be fart sounds. So she got bamboozled on that one. 
Uh, well, okay, so they're doing a disservice. I, I'm, as a rule of thumb, I'm just generally not going to watch Untucked. I don't think I have for like a couple seasons, so I missed that little bit. I'm sorry, but um, interesting. Okay, good to know. Uh, what I was going to say, the impression I got, and this might have been a writing thing, is, and we'll talk about this anti-humor part of it all, is I actually think the character that Selena was written as was actually supposed to be like Jack A. Harry on like 227. But sort of the lines she was saying and maybe the way the delivery, I would imagine it. And that would make sense because this show is, it's almost like these show scripts are written by Taylor the Latte Boy. Like they're very 80s heavy because they're they're actually Big Daddy and the slamming the door in the face are Golden Girls references. Um, and I'm sure there's designing women references in there. But definitely I feel that that character, that ant character has a very Jack A. Heary. If it people... Uh, I can't play it, but she would be on 227. She was like, well, yeah, uh, that's her and like Ladybugs and Sister Sister, also. Like, that's yes, very Jack that's just, A. Yeah, that's just very her character. I feel like Aura Mahari right now. I do not understand what you're talking about. Three busy Debras and Jackie Harrys. I don't get it. <laughs> Educate yourself, young queen. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> there's two things that I thought were missing for this was sitcoms have a very specific glossy filter i feel like no matter what channel you put a sitcom on they always have like a bit of a gloss and they shot this almost like the saturation was turned all the way up i thought that was kind of bizarre tim and eric yeah yeah i guess so um and then the opening intro did not have that like again the gloss that a normal sitcom would do when they're doing like the intro i thought that it should have had like B footage, B roll footage of something else going on I, I just can picture like full house and family matters and all those kind of shows where they the intros just weren't reminiscent of that but other than that i thought the challenge was entertaining i have a question for you jay yeah um well jay, jay as an actor have you ever had to eat on set because Are i you noticed doing daytona win right now nathan <laughs> <laughs> i noticed that like but there's these weird pauses <laughs> and- well, I, I was gonna let you speak then. <laughs> thank you um no so jay as an actor Have you ever had to eat on set? Because I noticed with all the brownies, like Selena was just shoving it in her mouth and shoving it out again. Like they couldn't take yeah. bites for continuity or something. Like wh- how do you handle food oh. in a scene? Yeah. Uh, I have um, there when I have had to do it, it was only one time and there was a spit bucket. So you didn't have to keep eating the same thing over and over. So there's a spit bucket right off camera. And then oh. usually the person is, re- there's like a PA who has another slice of pie, like ready to go. That's ready for the top of the scene. They should have done that because it was disgusting to see them like I- take fake bites and then pull it out of their mouth. Oh, I didn't even notice that that was happening. I, I guess I wasn't so clued in on that, but the yeah. Spit bucket. Wasn't that uh, one of the rooms in the bathhouse you used to go to Joe? Yes, it was actually. And w- the sad thing is on the day that the bathhouse closed, they were giving everyone like little presents and mementos. And the <laughs> one they gave me was a t-shirt that said spit bucket. I, I visited it. the spit bucket and all I got was I a shirt covered in cum. Bucket. Yeah. <laughs> right. <clears throat> it was actually very strange. Very, very um, stiff. So here's what I feel is, and maybe you guys remember this, but in the lore of the, of the Katya and Trixie show, uh, is just by chance they filmed this season and then they gave it to the straight editors. And without any communication at all, these straight editors took what Katya and Trixie made and did kooky weird things with it. Mm-hmm. And that made uh and then they and then it was like, I felt like they were trying to re- rep- replicate it. And I sort of feel that's what's going on here. As I've talked about in the past, and I don't know if this is still the case, but it used to be that the same guy wrote all the sketches and it felt like they took that guy's written sketch and then they gave it to young editors who were like oh because this guy's a lot older i think this guy's probably about rupaul's age or a little younger he wouldn't know tim and eric and these young people were like we're gonna make this into tim and eric in the edit and they were like we because there, there has been a sort of feeling of uh, hey, fellow kids about this season, which is funny because Tim and Eric hasn't been on the air for like five years. Yeah. But it's kind of a, it would be like if hey, fellow kids, if millennials were 20 years old. So it felt like they were trying to replicate, they take, so it felt like it was too doing too many things. First of all, you have a show, forget the sitcom parody, that's just jam packed with drag race references. Then you have a parody of a sitcom 
And then you take that and put it through the filter of trying to make it Tim and Eric. And I think what's weird, though, is it failed so hard that actually, in and of itself, inadvertently and unintentionally, it actually became a Tim and Eric sketch of someone doing a Tim and Eric sketch. It's so weird and layered, and it's so bizarre yeah. that, again, it's like a Tim and Eric version of someone doing a Tim and Eric sketch. I mean, I don't really know how to explain it. Jay, what do you think? Yeah, no, you're. it's almost too meta. Is that kind yes. of what you're... Yes. Yeah, meta. That's, ex- that's exactly what it is. My bigger question is... Do you think Danny Trejo knew what he was doing? Like, what he was walking into? You gotta watch Untucked, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. I guess I'll go back and watch Untucked. I guess I no, missed a lot. No, I didn't see lot. that part. What, what did I miss there, Nathan? Uh, they show a bit of Danny Trejo just saying it's his daughter's favorite show. He's done 60 oh, movies, yes. but his daughter's so excited about RuPaul, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's great to hear. I love that. I, I thought the the most successful part was his outtakes at the very end, like the credits rolling, quote unquote, and he's doing Miss Vanjie. Yeah. That was fun. Okay, I'll watch um, Untucked. That's a promise. Which even, this is takes very deep Tim and Eric knowledge. Danny Trejo coming in at the end like that is very Tim and Eric. Like, I feel like the person kind of knew their references, but it was like, again, they didn't tell us. They should they honestly should have, I don't know. It was it was so bad all around that it was good in a weird kind of way. Mm-hmm. If you like Tim and Eric. I, so, I don't know. Whatever. Those are my thoughts. It was... Okay, all in all, I'll say it's a fail. Nathan, you think it's a fail. Jay, this is the one I'm curious here. I thought it, it, I'm happy they didn't tell them because then I think the girls would not have the shtick of being awkward and holding the face for too long. I, I'm, I thought it was successful. All right, very good. On the main stage, RuPaul names Mistress Isabel Brooks the winner of the challenge and places Jackson or Mayari in the bottom two, forcing them to face off in a lip sync battle for their lives. The song, Sweetest Pie by Megan Thee Stallion and Dua Lipa. In the end, Jax is told Shantae you stay while Oramayari is asked to sashay away. Ladies, any final thoughts on the episode? Let's start with you, Jay. You had a lot of notes. Did you get them all out? Mm-hmm. I have uh, two things. Really, my big one is I want to see Jax. I already mentioned that. But I thought Carson's critique to Spice was a little off the mark. He said that you're see- you're playing an airhead, but we want to see different levels and layers of that. I'm like, with what material, though? Like, what? You- she only has three lines. Like, you can't have a character develop that much over the arc of you know three lines that are all in the beginning anyway so kind of an unfair thing to give her um i think that was my really big major one i thought the lip sync was fantastic i'm never a fan of when one queen keeps stepping in front of another queen and i think it was very noticeable that aura was either utilizing the entire stage or trying to purposely put herself in front of uh Jax at that point but Jax is a great entertainer, and I think I when she inevitably has to lip sync another time, I'm going to enjoy that one too, I'm sure. All right, very good. What about you, uh, Nathan Patrick Brown? Yeah, we're not far off from seeing Jax lip sync again, I don't think. And her excuses during the critiques are starting to get a bit old. Like when she's like, oh, well, it was in the script. And it's like, well, yeah, dull, but the scripts are terrible. So you have to go off book to, to make yourself stand out in these challenges. Like... To, just enough with the excuses, you know what I mean? Um, and I thought the runway was really good. I, I really enjoyed the the runway. I thought most queens did really well. Lucy, don't know why she thought she should be in the top with that outfit. Like, it was pretty basic. Like, again, untucked. They were like, well, who are you meant to be? And, like, one person said Sailor Moon. Someone else said Popeye. It's like it, it wasn't reading <laughs> as the marshmallow guy. So, she annoys me, even though she looks great. <laughs> um, yeah, she, she's a very handsome man. <laughs> and to get that Uh, reference sign up at patreon.com slash drag race recap yeah uh okay for me i know we just finished talking about this but did you guys get the sense that uh rupaul saying it was a reference to tim and eric was a sort of adr thing that they put in later it seemed they never showed her, except for at the very end, she said, uh, thank you. Great job. Yeah. But she says great job anyway. So I'm like, yeah, it could have been easily manipulated. They 100% added that in for the audience. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, usually when I watch the first time around, I pay attention to the judges' critiques to see, do I have to watch this again when I do my notes? And this time I did because I, 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 had, I remember that's something I had to see. And it was when RuPaul tells Jax, you know the reference to that line, party, right? 
And Jax is like, yeah. And she goes, it's a door to Lana. I'm like, do you think Mayhem Miller is at home going like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you watch thought, that one more yeah. time, she goes, you know, uh, it's done by. And then they cut to Jax going, Adore Delano. And RuPaul, they cut back. She goes, yeah, Adore Delano. I'm like, you know, she didn't know her name off the top. Oh, yeah, not 100%. <laughs> but yeah. for those of you listening at home, even and even Doors, Mayhem Miller came up with that. Adore stole it from Mayhem. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, that's. Uh, have you said everything you have to say, Nathan? My dead dad will haunt you all. Okay. What the fuck was that? That exit line. She said she didn't have one. She didn't think she was going home. So why? So she said that? Yeah. That was the first thing that came out of her head? Crazy. I heard all, my dead dad will hunt you all, but I think she said it was haunt you all. Yeah. Hunt. Yeah. I heard hunt. Um, all right. Well, on that note. Well, you have a blessed night. As will I. What were you saying, Nathan? I said, did you get the tea on hunt? It's a callback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From Lucy LaDuca, Jay, uh, uh, Jan, Alexis, Michelle. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 15. So, for uh, Nathan Patrick Brown, Jay Ellis, and myself, sashay away until next week. Thank you for listening to Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can also email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. For more Drag Race and LGBTQ content, support us over at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. This podcast was produced by Luke Stamen and Zach Birch. Nathan Brown has two other podcasts. The first is Breaking Down Bad Books, and the other is Bravo Bravo Effing Bravo. You can find those podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow Nathan Brown on Instagram at NathanBrown90. Follow Joe Batance on Instagram at Joe Batance. Special thanks to these expensive tier Patreon supporters. Alex S. Anonymous. April Pacheco. Astute Girl. Brad Coley. Carter McKinnon. Corinna Williamson. Deck Head. Doofus Maximus. E. Smith. Elizabeth Timmer. Emma. Humble Pie. J. Thomas Plank. Jesse Harris. Lauren Eckert. Lucy Carrasco. Luke Stamen, Mike Yeager, Nicholas Springham, Nikki Baker, Poppy Woods, Ricardo Herrera, Robert NYC, Sarah Yu, Robin Egenberger, Tom Bombs, Travi Cosmos, Troy Anderson, Zach Nelson. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast. <laughs>